Welcome to a brand new miniseries, Wrongful Conviction with Jason Flom in the time of COVID. You know, COVID-19 has totally derailed our normal lives and spun us into a new, strange world of isolation, restricted movement, anxiety, despair, and even the threat of death. And it occurred to me that I know a lot of people that have an intimate knowledge of all these things and much, much worse, and they know how to cope with them. So I've asked a few of my friends to share their very unique experiences to help guide us all through these rough waters that they know all too well. My hope is that all of us can gain some perspective, knowledge, and value from their triumphs over tragedy. Today, we'll talk to a man who did 18 years on death row for a crime he didn't commit, during which he spent over 23 hours a day locked in a tiny 6 by 9 foot cell, all while waiting for the state of Arkansas to set his execution date and take his life. He'll tell us how he used exercise, art, structure, mental focus, and free will to not allow isolation or fear to break him. Plus, an epiphany that came from an encounter he had with a man who had actually beaten someone to death with a can of corn. An encounter that continues to guide him even through our current shared reality in this time of COVID. We've interviewed him before and touched on his story again through one of his co-defendants, Jason Baldwin. Their story is so totally insane that we even spent time with documentarian Joe Berlinger, who first covered their story as it was originally unfolding before he and his friends became known as the West Memphis Three. I encourage you to check out Season 2, Episode 8, Season 7, Episode 5, and Season 8, Episode 12 to hear how the state literally pointed to, I kid you not, heavy metal music and Stephen King novels as quote-unquote evidence, along with a false confession to convict them for the murder of three young boys in the woods. A deeply religious community just knew it had to be Satanism or something like that, and it had to be that boy who wore Metallica t-shirts. Today, we'll talk to one of my personal heroes who's become a dear friend, Damian Eccles, about coping in the time of COVID. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hi, 
We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, Damien. Welcome back. Thank you so much for having me. It actually feels really nice just doing this again. Well, it's really good of you to do it. And I know a lot of people will take comfort from learning what you have to say as they endure this very bizarre and troublesome time that we're all living through together. So first of all, Damien, how are you and Lori doing? Kind of really well, actually, as strange as that sounds, you know, for everything that's going on in the world, especially here in you know New York City. Uh, but I think uh, this this kind of life was something that I got used to, you know, I, when I was in prison, I got used to having to focus inwardly. So I, I wasn't as dependent upon outside stimulus as, as most people who have never been put into that situation are. So I find myself almost returning to the things that helped me cope with prison life out here and realizing that those things are actually really good for me. Well, you know, I've heard you talk about this stuff before, but for this special episode, can you just touch on how you adapted and what were some of the things that allowed you to maintain your sanity in the most insane situation imaginable? I, th- I Honestly, I think the number one thing that helped me stay sane is figuring out that I could not live for the future. And I I think that's really important right now, too, you know, not to constantly torture ourselves thinking about when is quarantine going to be over? When is normal life going to return again? Because I honestly think the world is probably going to change after this. I don't think we'll ever go back to the same world that existed before this quarantine uh, came about. Um. Also, I should probably say for me in prison, uh, you know, really what it came down to for me was having to create a life for myself in that environment. So I didn't drive myself insane, constantly wondering, when is this going to be over? Am I ever going to get out? Are these people going to eventually kill me? How is this situation going to end? My saving grace in there was that I was able to create a life. And I think a huge part of that comes from giving yourself something to focus on other than your troubles. If you constantly take in media that's telling you things that's making you scared, and and that's true whether it's talking about the disease that's going on right now, the pandemic that's going on, or whether it's, you know, you're 
possible upcoming execution date. You can't sit around dwelling on that stuff or you are going to stew in fear and misery. You have to give yourself other things to look at and focus on. You have to create a world for yourself and a life for yourself. And for for me in prison, uh, you know, part of it was also structuring my days. And, And that's one of the things I've tried to share with people out here is you know, we've all heard that it's helpful to stay on a schedule, but a lot of people, that's that's an abstract concept or an abstract theory. We're like, okay, stay on a schedule, but what sort of schedule? What does a schedule mean? It helps if you give people like really concrete things that they can do. For me, those things in prison and out here were things that don't sound amazing, but have tremendous impacts on your psyche, uh, on the way you view the world. For example, cleaning. You know, somebody, whenever I first got to prison, told me the very first person I ever talked to, he said, you can either sit in the cell and stagnate and go insane like most of the people here, or you can choose to turn your cell into a monastery, keep working, keep developing. That's what I chose to do just because, you know, when I looked at the other lives around me in that environment, to be quite honest, it, it kind of horrified me to see, you know, people uh, who were the same after they had been in prison for 15 or 20 years that they were whenever they walked in the door. And I thought, I do not want to fall into that trap. So I set myself a schedule to create time. You know, there's no time in prison. You have no appointments to keep or places to go or anything like that. So I tried to the best of my ability to live my life exactly the way I would if I were in a monastery of my own free will. Some of those things included cleaning, you know, like getting down on your hands and knees and scrubbing the floor, scrubbing the walls out here. That's really helpful because not only does it, you know, maintain a schedule, give you something to do, something productive and constructive to focus on. But it's also helpful for battling the pandemic, the virus that's going on right now for keeping yourself and your family clean. Another thing in there is exercise. You know, for me, I was in a tiny cell. I had just enough space to do push-ups, sit-ups, jumping jacks. Once I'm out here now, what I've been doing for exercise is I put on a backpack full of weights and and I live in a three-story building. So I run up and down the stairs quite a few times a day with a backpack full of weights on. You know, you don't have to go out and go to the gym, but if you keep your body in shape or, you know, in, in reasonable working condition, that is going to go a long way towards mental health as well. If you start feeling bad physically, you're going to start feeling bad mentally and emotionally too, eventually. So just things like cleaning, things like exercise, reading, You know, a lot of people will say, I hate to read. I always say there is no such thing as a person who hates to read. There are only people who have not found books that they love yet. They were forced to read things that maybe they didn't like. Even if you think that you don't like to read, start looking for books about subjects that may interest you and start delving into those. Uh, There's a million little things you can do to keep your mind occupied that are productive and constructive uh, and that'll prevent you from degenerating into this constant state of fear. I'm so glad you brought up exercise among all the other things. And remember, there are a lot of assets that we can all find online. Yes. For instance, my friend Adam Rosante has a gym class that he does online. It's Adam Rosante, R-O-S-A-N-T-E. He has a YouTube channel and he does a thing for kids as well as adults, but he has a special thing for kids to keep them motivated and help prevent them from going stir crazy in the house. So 
you can find these things and they're free. There, there are exercise routines you can do with your own body weight that you don't need to go to a gym. So, you know, I have so many other questions for you, Damien. You know, it's really interesting to me the dichotomy between what you endured and what others are enduring now. And you talk about how you had to sort of stay focused on the present. You know, you had nothing to look forward to after all whatsoever, except more of the same misery and then your own death. So for people out here, it's a very different scenario because they're looking forward to going back to their routine, whatever that might be, their job, their school, their daily, their daily life. Um, I mean, can you give advice to, to us, to all of us out here, or does the same advice apply? I honestly think it's probably the same advice. You know, I, looking back at it, I understand why most people would think that that's how my life was in there. But honestly, there were entire weeks would pass when I wasn't even thinking about the fact that I was imprisoned. It didn't even register to me anymore because I was so involved in what I was doing and either what I was creating through various artworks or through my own spiritual and meditation practices. I was experiencing tremendous amounts of growth that excited me, made me happy, gave me something to look forward to. I was always, you know, excited about well, what's going to come next. The, the outside world probably wouldn't see any of those things because they were all internal things. Uh, it reminds me of one of the quotes that I always bring up is when Timothy Leary was in prison at one point. Timothy Leary was the guy who did all of the LSD experiments. And uh, at one point, they put him in a federal, federal prison and Ramdas went to visit him. And Ramdas tells him, uh, we came up with a plan, a way that we're going to break you out of here. And Timothy Leary says, no, you can't do that. I've got too much work to do. That's how I started to feel. Probably, I would say, within the last couple of years that I was in prison. You know, I wasn't thinking about an execution date or, or what the state was doing or it just kind of faded away for me. Uh, I think whenever you find what you're supposed to be doing in life, it kind of consumes you. It becomes your life's work. Your life's work becomes your life. I discovered what my life's work was really early, fortunately for me. The more I poured myself into that, the less I cared about what was going on around me externally. And you were deprived of all the creature comforts. And I think a lot of people are experiencing different degrees of that too. You know, so many people are going through food shortages. They also may be experiencing, you know, even lack of basic necessities like toilet paper. You hear about outages everywhere. And, you know, I sense that for a lot of people, there's less joy in their day-to-day -day life. I feel in, in conversations I have, there's less joking going on. There's less levity in general. There's this feeling of just heaviness, you know, in New York where we are. And I've lost two friends to this virus already, and everyone seems like they know somebody who's, who's gone. People are hearing sirens in the middle of the night, ambulances racing people to the hospital, and it feels like there's a collective heaviness. And Damien, I've heard you tell one particular story about a crazy experience you had on death row that allowed you to see the levity through the almost absolute darkness. You know, the one with the guy who had murdered somebody with a can of corn. He actually turned, I remember you saying he turned a vegetable into a deadly weapon. Can you tell that story? 
Uh, there was a guy that was in the cell next to me at one point for a couple of years, and this guy was pretty pretty severely schizophrenic. You know, he would come in and out of reality a lot. There were times when you could talk to him and he would be completely coherent. Other times you would talk to him and and nothing that came out of his mouth would be connected to reality in any way whatsoever. But there was a time, you know, a lot of times in the prison you would have the sewage would back up. And whenever that would happen, you'd end up standing in like ankle deep sewage, sometimes for a couple of days at a time while they had to try to fix the system and clean everything up. That was going on one time. Uh, you know, the sewage had backed up. Everybody's miserable. And, and whenever that happens, you know, to, to kind of understand the full impact of what's going on, you're standing in ankle deep raw sewage while you try to eat. You are holding your tray in your hand, standing with your feet in shit while you try to eat. I can't even begin to articulate like the levels of misery that, that you can experience in an environment like that. But this guy in the cell next to me, the schizophrenic guy, he had actually beat someone to death with a can of corn uh, when he was on the street. We're standing there in this ankle deep sewage and he starts singing that Leonard Skinner song. Can you smell that smell? And whenever he did, I just, you know, just the absurdity and, and the outrageousness of the situation that I was in kind of hit me really hard all at once. And I couldn't stop laughing. And I asked the guy, I said, you know, I understand. OK, we're in this hellish environment. These people are trying to kill us. But at the same time, don't you still have moments of fun? Aren't, aren't there still times when you're enjoying your life? And he looks at me and says, hell no. What the fuck is wrong with you that you would even ask me something like that? But for me, I kind of I never really lost that. Thankfully, there were still I was still always able to find things that I enjoyed in there. But I, I mean, I know exactly what you're talking about out here because you can, you know, in New York, I have never felt New York like this before. It, the only way that I can even come close to describing what it's like, you, you know, when we hear about quarantine or lockdown or what's the other word they're calling it, self, self-isolation, uh, you know, a lot of times in other states, people live in, in houses, they have yards, they have cars that they can drive somewhere and go on a hike. Most people in New York have none of that. You know, most people in New York don't even have a car unless they're incredibly wealthy. So it's not like they can escape all of this. And, and the only way I can describe the environment here right now is it feels the way the city does when you're in the middle of a blizzard in the dead of winter. And Everything comes to a halt. Everything comes to a standstill. But this is even more profound than that. It's like we are in the center of a hurricane that we can't even see, can't even feel. But you can something in you still registers the fact that something is going on around you. New York, I think, is an incredibly special place just because – it's not just a place that people here live. It's like a character in our lives. You know, we, we deal with the city the way we would deal with a person. That's how present it is in our lives. It's, it's almost like a, a force of nature or like a goddess made of concrete and collisions of energy and, and steel that's happening all the time. And, and everybody here has a kind of symbiotic relationship with the city. Whenever the city grinds down, whenever it's hurting, whenever the city's heart breaks, it's like everybody else that lives here 
our heart breaks at the same time. Whatever the city is experiencing, it's almost like every individual within the city is experiencing on a smaller microcosmic level. So whenever the city shuts down, it's like our lives shut down. Um, I do still believe with all my heart that somehow, some way, something good will come out of all of this. I don't know what it is. I don't know when it will be or how it will take shape. But I really do believe that as hard as this has been, something amazing will still come out of it in some way. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I wanted to ask you, Damien, you mentioned that you feel like we're never going to return to the same idea of normal. I'm paraphrasing what you said. You said it more eloquently than that. But what will be the differences in your view? I honestly, I, I, I can't see it. Uh, you know, we're too, we're too far away from the world that we're all going to re-enter again right now. Uh, there's still a lot of stuff, a lot of time that has to pass, but you know, a lot of times when we think of things like destruction, we tend to equate it with evil in some way. I think that is an entirely human concept. I don't think the universe views things in black and white, good and evil. It views things as as all things are sort of necessary in order to continue the act of creation, including destruction. There's an old man that lives next door to me. He's an old blind man, and he sits out on his stairs every day and listens to audiobooks so he can feel the sun on his face. And one day he said, I I can't even, this was a couple of years ago, so I can't even remember what started the conversation, but he was talking about the word God. And he said, it stands for generate 
order, and destroy. Because those are the three things that the universe does. Those are the three stages we, we go through. The universe generates forms and then it orders them, puts them in, in specific orders. But as soon as those orders start to stagnate, as soon as growth is no longer possible, then it's absolutely necessary for it to introduce destruction into that environment and tear it down so that a new round of generation and creation can start. And I, I honestly think that's kind of where we're at in the world right now. I think we are in this, in alchemy, they call it the calcination phase, where everything kind of gets destroyed, reduced, uh, turned to ash. And that has to happen sometimes before we can start to rebuild. You know, if you're going to build a building, you have to tear the old building on that site down before you can build a new one. I think in a lot of ways, our lives will change, even if it's just people, uh, you know, being more prepared for something like this to come in the future. Um, but I really do think this is going to have an impact on our psyches, on our collective psyche, on our collective consciousness, maybe even to the point where we come out of this and we're more thankful and more grateful for the things that we do have because we've seen what it's like whenever they disappear. So maybe this just turns us into a more appreciative, grateful, unified society or culture. Like I said, I don't know what shape it will take, uh, but I do have faith that in some way something good will come of it. That's a great sort of um, affirmation. It's a very interesting time in so many ways. I think even relationships uh, are being developed and probably torn down. Uh, yeah, at tested. A, prob tested, right, at a greater yeah. rate than normal. I think that there is a real reset happening um, across the board. Um, I did want to ask you, Damien, space, right? So by and large, well, there's two different aspects to this, and I'm interested in your take on both. One is you have people who are listening who are now confined to a relatively small space, a small apartment with quite a few people possibly in it, maybe extended family, and you have other people who are alone, like really alone for the first time where they can't mm -hmm. have visitors and they can't have uh, even family members come. Some of them are elderly. Um, what, what advice can you give them as far as that, you know, I'm sure it must feel like the walls are closing in on people. I would say the best advice that I could give about that would be to, to the best of your ability, surround yourself with things that make you look up things that inspire you, things that make you feel good. And it could be anything from hanging photos on your wall that, that bring back good memories to, like you were saying a while ago, you've got a lot of people out there right now offering all sorts of amazing stuff on the internet. And a lot of it is absolutely free. You know, just for example, here in New York, the 92nd Street YMCA is doing this thing where for $5, you can go onto their website and they are broadcasting symphony orchestras here throughout the city playing concerts. And you can hear these amazing symphonies and concerts by, you know, Dvorak or, or Beethoven or whoever it is for $5. You know, when you're looking at something like that, most of the time, 
your troubles and your hardships and your problems are going to be the last thing on your mind when you are looking into the face of something that you find beautiful. If you keep your eyes focused on things that are beautiful and meaningful and rich and and do something for you personally, you're feeding yourself. That's that's literally spiritual sustenance. You are feeding your soul. And the more you feed your soul, no matter what the environment is like, the better you're going to come out of it. So I would say if you are at home, like you were saying earlier, use the internet. You know, there are people out there right now giving, you know, free yoga classes, courses on everything from astrology to tarot to, uh, how to cut your own hair, you know, which is a thing that a lot of people are dealing with just because there are no barber shops, no beauty salons. You can learn all sorts of amazing things or immerse yourself in beautiful, rich environments, even if you're trapped in one room. Is there a particular book or um, even a particular piece of music or any other creative work, I should say, that really inspired you and that you think may help to inspire other people as they live through this? Maybe inspire isn't the word, but I actually, I think it kind of is, but you'll see why whenever I say this, that I, I hesitated for a minute when I use that word, just because whenever we say the word inspire, we tend to think it has to be something serious, you know, something where, where there's no laughter involved, where you know, almost like going to church or something. For me, one of the things that inspire me, I have been going back and rewatching old reruns of one of my favorite TV shows of all time. It was one, this show called My Name is Earl with Jason Lee. And it's about this guy who made a list of every bad thing he had ever done to it in his life to anyone and decided he's going to go down this list and make whatever he had done right to whoever he had wronged. And it's one of those things that I will sit there and watch this show and just laugh out loud for, for half an hour at a time. And whenever I'm watching this and I'm laughing at it, and I'm enjoying myself and enjoying my life. Um, I'm not thinking about my, my hardships. Somebody told me one time that, yes, you have to dedicate yourself to, uh, you know, development and growth and all these sorts of things. But at the same time, you can't lose the ability to appreciate a good joke because humor is a big part of what makes life worth living. Find something that makes you laugh and, and maybe watch that or listen to that or read that. Right. There's so much great comedy online yes. as well. I mean, I know yeah. I love Lewis Black and Jeff Ross is one of my favorite comics. And um, you know, there's so many wonderful comedians. So yeah, that's a great idea. And I'm going to watch My Name Is Earl. That's an amazing plug. I'm excited to actually tune into that tonight because I'm watching too many documentaries and too much heavy <laughs> stuff. And I feel like I can use that escape too. So thanks yes. for the recommendation. Um, and of course, there's always, you know, <laughs> curb your enthusiasm, sort of my default. Yes, when I, I really need mm -hmm. When I need something ridiculous to turn to, it's, uh, it's, that's, that's an easy, uh, an easy escape. Um, JB Smoove, man, that guy makes mm -hmm. me laugh every time. And so me does uh, Susie Essman. Every time she opens her mouth, it makes me laugh. <laughs> 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melanin. Melon Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Well, Damien, listen, I um, I can say that uh, I miss you guys. I'm looking forward when this is done to going out for one of our our wonderful dinners that we have time to time. And so please, please give a big hug to your wonderful wife, Lori, for me. And um, and now, um, you know, I, I think all that's left here is for me to, first of all, thank you again for inspiring me and all of us um, on a daily basis and particularly for sharing your, um, you know, your perspective with our audience, um, which I think is going to really have a, a wonderful impact on a lot of people. And, uh, and then, um, you know, this is always the part of the show that I enjoy the most, which is the part where I get to actually just turn my mic off and kick back and close my eyes and listen to whatever you have to say that you haven't said already. So to close out this episode, um, thanks again, Damien. And now words of wisdom, Damien Eccles, the floor is yours. I'm not sure how much these qualify as words of wisdom, but I guess what I really just want to say to everyone who's going through quarantine right now, who is in self-isolation is 
thank you for doing this. Uh, I myself, as well as many, many other people, uh, fall into the category that that they call high risk. You know, I spent almost 20 years in prison. I did not have adequate nutrition, no sunlight, no fresh air. I was breathing in tear gas for almost 20 years and it caused uh, a lot of devastating and lingering effects to my respiratory system. Uh, so I'm just really appreciative for how serious everyone is taking this and how everyone is kind of battening down the hatches and dealing with it even when they don't want to, uh, because you are, whether you know it or not, you know, when we think of saving people's lives, we tend to think of these big heroic scenarios. Sometimes they're not like that at all. Sometimes you can save lives by just doing a tiny, tiny thing like staying home and watching reruns of your favorite comedy and, uh, trying to enjoy yourself a little bit. So thank you. Thank everyone listening to this so much for doing whatever you can to save lives, mine included. This episode was so, it was such an amazing experience for me. Listening to Damien, well, I can, I could listen to Damien for hours anytime because he's just such a, he's such a deep thinker. He's such an eloquent guy He's such a strong, um, you know, just sort of ethereal presence. And his perspective on how to manage this bizarre new reality that we're in, it, it affected me in ways both deep and, um, and also very in, in a very lighthearted way as well. I mean, he gave me, believe it or not, he gave me a TV show to watch that I just started watching I'd never heard of before that's been making me laugh out loud. And he gave me, a, I, I can only call it a gift. Um, he gave me a gift of gratitude in my attitude and of... Um, just really thinking of this whole situation in a much different way. We don't have to live through this. We get to live through this. We don't need to be confined by what we're experiencing. We don't need to be defined by what we're experiencing. He's not. He's able to transcend this just as he was able to transcend the the the, the tiny environment that he lived in, the, the, the cold, the heat, the loneliness, the frustration, the awful food, the, 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 the fact that he could stretch his arms out and touch both sides of his cell. And he was able to, in that environment, take himself out and live a life that was rich somehow. I know it seems like it doesn't make sense, but it's true. He was able to live a, a, a full life in that tiny cell with no internet and no TV and no refrigerator and no, no creature comforts whatsoever. He had nothing but his own mind and heart and his will to live and survive and, and more and to persevere and to, to grow. He found ways to grow. He didn't have YouTube. He didn't have Google. He didn't have Netflix. He had nothing. But somehow... He transcended, and he's now transcending again. And the way that he's doing it obviously is informed by his life experience, which is an experience that is probably impossible for any of us to comprehend that haven't actually been through it. And very few have been through the extreme 
deprivation and torture that he's been through. So if he can do it, we can do it. I guess the answer is we need to be grateful for it, for your life, for the people around you, for the roof over your head. And when the dust settles and the madness slows, we can meet the outside world again with new skills, new purpose, and a renewed appreciation for all of it, especially for all of those not in isolation. Those are the real heroes, the the people who are fighting this thing head on, our doctors, our nurses, all the healthcare providers our garbage men, our grocery store workers, people doing deliveries, the mailman, people keeping things clean, and of course, our first responders. In the meantime, I hope you've been enjoying Laura Nyrider's Steve Drizzen and their eye-opening accounts of false confessions. I'll be returning with the new season of Wrongful Conviction with Jason Flom in May, and next week, we're talking to one of my favorite human beings, my little sister, Amanda Knox. So come back for another new perspective living in the age of COVID. Don't forget to give us a fantastic review wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps. And I'm a proud donor to the Innocence Project, and I really hope you'll join me in supporting this very important cause and helping to prevent future wrongful convictions. Go to innocenceproject.org to learn how to donate and get involved. I'd like to thank our production team, Connor Hall and Kevin Wardis. The music in the show is by three-time Oscar-nominated composer Jay Ralph. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Wrongful Conviction and on Facebook at Wrongful Conviction Podcast. Wrongful Conviction with Jason Flom is a production of Lava for Good Podcast in association with Signal Company Number 1. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.